Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode two of Eat With, the podcast. My guest today is someone with a million stories to tell. Krish Dutt is the executive chef of two brand spanking new restaurants to South Australia. Tunki is down on the waterfront at West Lakes and serving up a cuisine that we have never seen before here in South Australia, which we'll dive into further in our chat. His other spot is Momoda, which is on the outskirts of the city at the Maid Hotel. This is Asian-inspired fusion that screams fun. You can even do a full soju tasting, which is all infused in-house and matches the excellent dishes that Krish and his team have put together there. These venues are an expression of his incredible experiences across the world. He has worked in some of the finest kitchens and he was the personal chef for actual royalty. We headed into Rundle Street to meet for the very first time. So let's do it. All right, here we go. Let's go. So, no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so, Krish, welcome to Eat With the Podcast. Thank you. Uh, where are we and uh, why are we here? Uh, Paper Tiger. This is uh, one of my favourite restaurants uh, in Adelaide, I think. Um, and uh, I just love the food that uh, the head chef, uh, Ben Liu, puts over here. Um, he puts all the food that he wants from his art. I've worked with the guy before as well. He was my old uh, junior sous chef at uh, Madame Manoy. Yeah, okay. I used to work at the casino. So, yeah, I love the way he cooks and he a lot of uh, Malaysian Chinese flavours that he's grown up eating and so it's very very authentic I guess yeah that's the reason I chose this place. perfect um, do you get to eat out much I mean realistically you're um, working a lot at the moment you're not a, you're not a quiet guy you've got a busy life do you get to get out to restaurants very often no not too much at all to be honest uh, we well, I normally go out maybe once or twice a month yeah. <laughs> uh, most of the time, because we spend all our time uh, in the kitchen, yeah. we hardly want to go to a restaurant or anywhere else. Um, if we do want to eat out, we just Uber eat. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's uh, our lifestyle. That's what yeah, it is. well, I mean, living a busy, loud lifestyle, I think sometimes yeah. you just need some damn quiet. <laughs> sitting yeah, at home. <laughs> Peace and quiet with still some good food. Um, so, I know a little bit of your chefing history. So, um, but before Madame Hanoi, how did you? How did you get to Madame Hanoi? So, well, I'll start from Fiji. Yeah. I was born and uh, grew up in Fiji and uh, always knew I wanted to cook. Okay. Um, since I was probably in uh, year four, mm-hmm. I always wanted to cook. I was always the one cooking at home, always volunteering. My parents said, hey, I want to I want to cook dinner tonight. I want to do this tonight. I want to do breakfast. Yeah. Uh, I, I started off just cooking on Sundays only. So Sunday used to be like a family day for us yeah. and I'll cook. At first, all I was doing was just making boiled stuff. Yeah. I was cooking <laughs> boiled fish with cassava, let's say. Boiled lamb, let's say. Everything was boiled. Yeah. My family loved it for a while till they got really bored. And, uh, <laughs> I think you should learn some uh, something else. Some, some, yeah. some other techniques, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then my mum went and bought me a cookbook. I don't remember the name of that cookbook now, but uh, it was just a normal uh, cookbook. Then we started watching the program, um, our old program, Young Can Cook. I don't okay. know if you, if you know this program, but no. it was, uh, his his uh, main line was, if young can cook, so can you. Okay. He was an old Chinese guy. He was on the TV show all the time. So I started learning recipes from him first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how I always got into more Asian flavors and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then um, from there, luckily my family supported me with what I wanted to do. And um, Went, uh, moved uh, from my hometown, uh, Lautoka, which is in the west of Fiji, mm-hmm. to, to the main city and studied uh, over there at uh, University of uh, Fiji to become a chef. Um, and then, uh, yeah, did uh, three years with them. And then one of the good things about that school was they used to send us six months as practical. Mm-hmm. The other six months, they will choose a resort for you, a hotel for you, and you go and work. So they can choose wherever they want. Yeah. So the first year, they sent me to Outer Island, um, which was in Tabuni, which is a garden island of Fiji. Okay. Uh, so beautiful uh, seafood, massive, um, um, like, abundance of uh, marine life over there. Yeah. Pretty much untouched. Like, no one goes out oh. there. It's in the middle of nowhere. Um, only the tourists go there. Mm-hmm. Probably, I think, only 500 people on the whole island. Right. And it's okay. a big island as well. It took yeah. about an hour to go all the way. Right, okay, yeah. Um, and then that was my first professional job as a chef. Mm-hmm. I started off as a trainee chef first. Mm-hmm. Worked my way up through there. And then after I finished uh, my graduation, um, I got a job offer to go to Cook Islands. 
in Rarotonga. So they used to coach uh, staff, like the fresh school students that are straight out of the school to take us uh, overseas and if we wanted to be chefs. So I managed to find you know, myself in a group of uh, chefs. Uh, there was, I think, 40 of us oh, okay. so uh, out of the whole school. Yeah. Nah. And then they put us all in the plane and then took us over to Rarotonga in the Cook Islands. Cool. Had you ever been before? <clears throat> never. Never been before. So that was something new. We signed the contract straight away. It was a two-year contract. Yeah. Uh, they pay for all accommodations and everything was provided for. And then they take you over. Um, and then the next day you start working for everybody. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's it. And we're all no out rest of, for the weekend. <laughs> nah, we were all out of uh, out of uh, culinary school straight out, all fresh. Yeah. Like, oh, and, uh, everyone loved it. So was it people that you you were in school with? So they yeah. were like friends. And, so that was yeah. a, and we we all studied together for the last three years as well. Oh, so most brilliant. of us knew each other. Most of us did knew each other. And uh, yeah, and the, we were still close friends to, to to date. Like we check on each other. We put massive uh, Facebook group. Are they, are they all over the world? Are they They're the all over place? the world yeah. as well. Most of them are in uh, New Zealand, couple in Canada. Uh, some of them decided to go back to Fiji. There's some, they're all over Australia at the moment as well now. Fantastic. <laughs> so, um, when did Australia happen for you? So, from Cook Islands, I moved to New Zealand first. Okay. And then I was lucky enough to, this was during the Rugby World Cup, so in 2011. Okay. So, New Zealand had a big shortage for chefs because I think everyone was in Auckland. Everyone from all over the world, there are big uh, World Cup fans, they were all over. All hotels, everyone was looking for chefs. Yeah, okay. So I was lucky enough to get a three-month working visa mm-hmm. approved to go and work as a, as a chef in, um, in Auckland. And uh, I, got a jo- I applied for a job in Sky City Casinos oh, and yeah. got it straight away as a demi-chef, started off in the Grand Hotel mm-hmm. um, within the casino and just worked really really hard to make sure that they decide to keep me yeah. and I was lucky enough that they, they saw something in me and they, they decided that they wanted to keep me on and then they managed to um, extend my contract and then uh, I got my stayed in the in the casino for about another five years yeah. in um, sorry another four years in um, in Auckland yeah. and one of the best part about working was because was, there was so many multiple restaurants they had about yeah. 24 different restaurants so you can choose where you want to go if you want to change and then I'm, during that four years, I managed to find myself um, uh, working uh, under one of the exec chefs, uh, Darren Johnson, and uh, Chef Nick Watt, who is uh, oh, yes. one of the celebrity chefs uh, who uh, opened uh, Masu by Nick Watt in, um, uh, in New Zealand, which won best uh, Japanese restaurant and best new restaurant within the first six uh, months of opening. Yeah, so I was lucky wild. enough to be part of that core team. And then mm. we started from scratch. So again, there was nothing. It was a rough space for us. Moved everything in. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, became part of that team and I worked there for two years. Worked my way up from uh, Demi, Chef Departi, Junior to, to Sous Chef. Yeah. Um, and then uh, when uh, Chef Nick was uh, opening uh, Madame Hanoi in the yeah. casino, then he approached me as well and was like, hey, what do you think of uh, this? But this brand new restaurant opening, he offered me as a just go and help out and open a, a restaurant up for him. Yeah, um, I volunteered as well straight away. Mm. Came over, fell in love with Adelaide straight away. Yeah, <laughs> called uh, the missus and said, Hey, you might want to fly in this weekend, just come take a look. I think this is some place that, that we can actually live. Yeah, um, so you were already over. married at that time, yes. And you guys were, so you met her in New Zealand, uh, no, in Cook Islands. Oh, right, okay, yeah. So she's from the Cook Islands, and she'd gone to New Zealand with you though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so she's followed you. Yeah. No, I followed her. So, oh. so she was because well, Cook Islanders they are New Zealand citizens. So when she was, uh, so yeah, when she grew up, I did not know yeah. That. Okay, cool. So she went to, to New Zealand. She she had all her family in New Zealand and everything. So mm-hmm. where she left Cook Islands because we both worked together as well. So she's a chef as well? She's a chef as Brilliant. well. Brilliant, so okay. We don't have time to go out of the kitchens, you know? No, exactly. But at <laughs> least, you know, you understand the lifestyle. Like, that can be such yes. a challenge for people that are in yes. this industry. Is exactly. like, you know, falling in love with someone who is not in it just doesn't get it. Exactly. Like, and she's, uh, we still work together, so she still works with me. She's in Turkey right now. Oh, right. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Well, I look forward to meeting her at some yeah. stage. Thank That'd you. Yeah, no, I will. I'll make sure of that. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so she came over one weekend and she fell in love uh, with the place as well. She used to work for Sean's Kitchen in Auckland. Oh, so she right. was a chef at oh, Sean's okay. Kitchen. Cool. And then when she came over, Sean was around um, in Sean's Kitchen that day as well. And they were really busy. And then he pretty much offered her the job on the spot. <laughs> well, hey, would you, can you come and work here? We need your help over here. So Brilliant. she decided to stay. She never went back. That was such a golden time for um, Adelaide Casino. Like, 
2015. I remember, yeah, yeah, I was. At, I think I was at the Madame Hanoi opening um, party because at that time I was doing food journalism. So, nice. um, yeah, it was a wild time for the casino and just such an exciting time for the transformation of North Terrace. Like, I think we had gone stagnant for such a long time yeah. and those places really changed the game there. Yeah. And now it's like the central hub for so much stuff. And there's even more at the casino now. So many things happening in there. It's an amazing place. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so we're in Adelaide. You're at Madame Pinoy. You're sous chef at this Point of no, Madame no, Pinoy. I'm head chef, so I came oh, over head, as a head okay, chef. Okay, yeah. right, okay. And how involved was Nick throughout that process? Because having somebody who is kind of the figurehead, the, the public face of these things, um, I never really understand how much involvement they get. Like, do they sit down with you and work through the menu? How often do you guys get together? Uh, when we were at Madame Pinoy, uh, he was very involved uh, when he, when we started off, obviously. So he, was, he moved here for about think almost three months yeah so he lived here with us as well we all stayed in the same hotel we all worked together every yeah. night from opening to closing and back then we were doing breakfast lunch and dinner Jesus. so <laughs> so madame Panoi, we used to open at like 7 a.m and we used to go all the way to lunch lunch finish dinner dinner used to finish late night and then late night we used to turn it around and make it into a like a nice dance floor and everything as well did you sleep for three years for the first three months, no, not too much. <laughs> uh, and then I got told off by the HR for working too much, so they told me to not dial it back, so, yeah. which, was, which was a good thing. And that was something new to me as well. Normally, no one cares how long everyone wants you to work. Yeah, you know. exactly. I think um, there's been a real change. I mean, that was a lot earlier, but I think there has been a real change in the industry about the well-being of yeah. chefs. Like, it used to be you work as hard as yep. physically possible, and I do not care if you haven't slept in three days. Exactly. As long as you cook this food and you show up on time, yeah. that's all we really The industry has changed, that's, yeah. that's for sure. And it's for the better for, yeah. for, for the chefs as well and for the owners as well. People have got more time to put into more effort and more love into their dishes now. Yeah. As well because they are actually refreshed, they've got their time off. And you can, I genuinely think as a consumer you can taste that. Yes. Like it makes a huge difference to your experience. Plus, if people are feeling that way when they're public facing, the customers can tell. Like yeah. there's a tension in the air, you know. I think having people who are dedicated to their craft but also get to love it because they've had the appropriate amount of rest and they've had the time to be creative and that sort of thing I think makes a huge difference in the, in the experience of the diner. Yes, definitely. Agreed. Yeah. Um, okay. Should we take a look at the menu? Yeah, sure. So <laughs> Ben told me he's changed the whole menu since I was here the last two weeks ago. So, <laughs> right, so you're not going to be able to tell me what you recommend on the menu. Uh, what were I, you looking forward to? I'm pretty sure he's kept some of the signatures. Let me see. Perfect. All right. Uh, I just saw him doing some uh, kombu cured uh, tuna sashimi. Beautiful. And it looked amazing. Um, so I'm definitely going to have one of that. I did tell Ben just to... Just feed us, do whatever he okay, wants. Okay, well, that is my favourite way Maybe of Maybe I'm going to just tell him, yeah, just uh, just whatever he wants to do. And, um, yeah, it's his food at the end of the day. I think it's, I think that's the best way to do. Okay. When you go to a restaurant, just go with the chef's feed me because there's a reason they put it all together and that's the way it's meant to be eaten, I think. Yeah. yeah. Mm, okay, well, I like the sound of pretty much everything. Although everything, I did yeah. meet someone, I was at an event last night, and she said that the, the pork belly bow are amazing, nice. but I can't have those. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure he'll be able to do a gluten-free version of it without without the bao, like we'll make it into a shenshou bao. Yeah, okay. So we'll let it stop. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm down for whatever. I am going to have to take a photo of this uh, menu so that I can remember everything that's on there. Done. And he just gets the dregs. <laughs> <laughs> Benny. We're just going to let you feed us, mate. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. How hungry are we though? As hungry as you yeah. want to be. We'll just uh, start slow, yeah. Just start one. slow. Yeah, we'll we'll go with your selection, whatever you suggest. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and uh, gluten free. That's it. Done. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be gluten free today as well. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Uh, it does, to it be does sorry. depend on where we go. We went to a Spanish restaurant, and that new restaurant, Nina. 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 Yeah. Oh yeah. On last Friday night. And uh, yeah, I was with a group of people, and they're like, "Oh, well, all gluten, eat gluten free." I was like, "No, yeah. you need the Spanish bread." Yeah. You Leo, have to Leo have... is a good friend of mine. I just met up with him. He came to Tunki uh, last Sunday. Oh, so Leo, yeah. yeah, I haven't met him in person, yeah. but um, he, I have eaten his cheesecake before. Bask, yeah, yeah with Bask the, by Leo. Yeah, he's the awesome. COVID 
Cheesecake King. Yeah. <laughs> Adelaide went wild, so yeah. yeah. I, as did I. Yeah, no, so, he's a very passionate guy, that guy. Yeah, it was a really great restaurant, so I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I still haven't been there, actually. He's oh, invited really? me to come down here, so I'm, I'm excited to do that. You've got to do it. Yeah. Friday night is, um, it was loud. Like, it was, people were there, they were ready to party, they were there to have some wines, they were all for having a good time. If you want to have a chat with nice. him, I would say go midweek, but nice. I'm guessing you're not going to be available on a Friday night anyway. <laughs> not at the moment. No, not in December, at least. No. Oh, what a wild month. It's been so busy. Um, I just don't feel like we've got, I don't know when the stop happens, but yeah. I do love it. I think... Mid-January, everyone's going to calm down a bit. Yeah, everyone's going to need to give their livers a rest at least. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, no, I will. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm already, I'm already at that step. Anyway, we push on. We push on. Exactly. Um, okay, so you've been at Madame Hanoi for three years, and the king calls. Oh, well, he didn't call personally himself, <laughs> but his kitchen uh, manager, yeah. who was my first boss at the Cook Islands, Right. So my old executive chef from the Cook Islands. So this is after 10, 12 years later. Mm-hmm. Sorry, no, no, actually after 10 years later. Yeah. So he emails me all of a sudden saying, hey, Krish, what are you up to these days? I've been following you, but how's Australia treating you? Um, if you want to change, let me know. I've got something for you. So I was like, okay. Okay. I, I just replied him back. I was like, oh, what's it about? Where are you? Because he didn't put any signature. He didn't tell me where he worked or anything. <laughs> yeah, okay. It was all hush-hush. And he's like, just let me know when you're ready to move. I was like, okay. I'm, well, that I'm happy. so yeah. exciting regardless yeah. of where you're going. <laughs> I, I was happy at Madame Monet at that time. So I told him, no, I'm all good. No, I'm really happy with Australia. I'm just finding my feet now within Adelaide. So I'm, I'm very happy here. So thank you. But all good. Yeah. I didn't want to ask where he was. Okay. Then that happened in like about... October or November. Then in January, I get a phone call again, and um, it was supposed to be His Majesty's birthday. So they were looking for someone to come in and stay and provide some kind of food. Yeah. So he called me up and, uh, yeah, threw me over for a trial shift. Okay. Uh, at the same time, while I go cook and entertain as well, so like Asian fusion flavors. Yeah. So what I did over there was I just did Madame Noi what I was cooking at that time. So I did a beautiful uh, green pepper scotch. I remember I did the, the Korean salmon. I did some. Uh, what is that? Did a lot of. Uh, this is a very old menu, so yeah. no one as I did, <laughs> yeah. but I did. I did whatever I knew at that time. I yeah. did present all those, and he just fell in love with the food, and then they offered me a job straight away on the spot. And again, that time I was happy at at Madame Manoy, so yeah. I just said, oh, I'm not looking for a move right now. So thank you very much, but I'll, I'll stay here. But if anything changes in the future, I'll let you know. Yeah. So I came back to 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 the casino, worked there again for another year. And then the next year later, then I received another call from they're like, oh, hey, we're short staff. Would you be able to just come and help us out for a while? By that time, I was already in Australia for about three years. Yeah. And so I talked to them and said, like, hey, this could be something exciting. Mm-hmm. Now that we knew where we were going. Yeah. And they were like, what do you reckon? Should we go try it out? And plus, because the package was such a good package, it was all-inclusive. They provide accommodation, car, all utilities are paid for. So we had nothing to worry about. Yeah. We know you just show up. Yeah. Um, and you just go to work, pretty if much. If you're transient, if you're the sort of people that are okay with being transient, yeah. there's so much opportunity in something yeah. like that. Like, why not? Yeah. If, it, if it goes wrong, if we hate it, so what? We'll come back, exactly, you know? Exactly. So but we had nothing to lose at that point. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we didn't have any dogs that time. So. Yeah. <laughs> so luckily. So we just, yeah, we just packed our bags. Uh, we only had like, I think, two suitcases each. Yeah. That's it. And we just like, yeah, sold everything else. We're like, oh, we're going. We'll at least give it a year. Yeah. See what happens and then we'll travel forward. Yeah. So went over, loved it. Uh, it was a lot of work, but we enjoyed it thoroughly. A lot of travels, a lot of... Um, okay. Oh, okay. Couple entrees. So that's our cooking oyster, nanjing jam, salmon roe corner cream, and it's a grilled beef broccoli patty with sweet Beautiful. Thank you. Wow. That smells amazing. It does, doesn't it? Doesn't it? That yeah. smells incredible. So this one here is one of my favorite ones. Okay, so that's one yeah. of the older dishes. One of the old ones, yeah. Yep. Wrapped in a brilliant, which is like a Vietnamese traditional one, I think. It's uh, called bola lot. Take a yeah, picky sure. or two of those ones because don't want to forget. That's alright, you just come back again and order the same <laughs> that's, thing. That's true, <laughs> and we will. There we go. Awesome. So, this one is the oyster with namjoon and then the beef wrapped in beetle leaf. Oh, yes. Yeah. 
Cheers again, and thank you for having me. Yes, thank you so much. We um, genuinely appreciate it, and I love to hear Cheers. your insight. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I am getting hungry. I didn't have breakfast today. <laughs> Probably for the best. Yeah, well, Precious just introduced everything, so mm. that was absolutely stunning. The Coffin Bay oysters. Yep. Is there any other option for coffin, for oysters in South Australia at the moment? I feel like it is all Coffin Bay. It's because they are the best, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've tried, I've tried different places. Uh, I've tried the Sydney Rocks as well. Even with Smoky Bay. Smoky Bay is pretty nice as well, but depends on different palate. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'm always drawn towards Coffin Bay as well. So all the venues that I run as well, mm-hmm. we've only got Coffin Bay oysters yeah. in all of them. Yes, they are absolutely delicious. That is a fantastic flavour combination. Like, you're still not getting that. I mean, I know a lot of people love the um, natural oysters, yeah. that kind of flavour. If you're trying to win people over, though, I think you need to add, particularly the Asian flavours work the best. I'm not a huge Kilpatrick fan. That's not my, uh, mm. not my go-to. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. Um, yeah, I love natural. But anything um, with uh, Namjim, it's always amazing. Yeah, a little bit of heat. Okay, and the betel leaf. So that's Vietnamese, a betel leaf. Yeah, unless I'm mistaken. It's normally, it's a, it, it, the origin I know is uh, from Vietnam. So beef uh, wrapped in betel leaf, which is called bola lot. And I'm not sure what he served it with. What's mm. on top? I was trying to spot that on there. But that might be um, an us special, I think. Yeah. Oh, it's not in here. Ah, okay. Lucky us. Oh, here we go. Grilled beef wrapped in beetle leaf, smoked pineapple, spring onion oil, and lemongrass. Yum. Beautiful. That's what it is, smoked pineapple. I love pineapple. Okay, so, the king insists, after his persistence, you decide to move to Jordan. Yeah, so we just packed our bag. anything about Jordan? Luckily, the last time I went, so I was there for about 10 days. And uh, they organised a, um, a driver to take us around and show us Jordan as well. And Jordan's a beautiful country. It's high on my list to go. I mean, currently, things yeah. are a little sticky <laughs> in the area. But, um, yeah, definitely somewhere that I want to yeah. explore. Yeah, we definitely fell in love with it the first time we went there. Mm-hmm. It was just beautiful. The people are so super nice there. They don't even know who you are, but they are genuinely very, very nice. Uh, yeah, beautiful people. Beautiful place. Beautiful place, beautiful people, and um, yeah, it was a no-brainer. Mm. Yeah, with, the, with the package with that, that gave us with everything inclusive, whereas in uh, Australia, you know how it is, rents are up, everything. Even back then, 2018 it was, mm-hmm. everything was on the way up. Gas prices were going up, everything, and we were like, hey, if we, and they gave us an electric car as well, mm-hmm. and which was utilities all included, so it was just a no-brainer. We yeah. just decided to stay. Did you, were you inside, no, I'm... I know a little bit about um, King Abdullah II. Yep. Um, but were you, is there a palace? Were you inside a palace grounds? Is that? Yes, so we live inside the palace ground. Mm-hmm. So we are based uh, in Amman, uh, within the palace grounds pretty much. So the main residence was only about 500 meters from where my house was. Wow, that's incredible. What was that, what was that like? Like, um, the public kind of surrounding the area, are they interested in the king and what he's up to, or was it celebrity almost? He, is he, he is he viewed as kind of a celebrity? Yes, yeah. uh, he's loved by all. Yeah. Like, wherever he goes, and he's such a down-to-earth guy. Like, we, I used to interact with him almost every day. Yeah. I have to make sure his breakfast there, lunch there, dinner's there, mm-hmm. um, and just so humble, so down-to-earth person. Yeah. Um, and everyone outside, they love him. They yeah. adore him, yeah. He seems to have done a lot for yeah. the advancement of the country. Oh, and, a lot, yeah. You know, lots for women in the area and, and that sort of thing. I think it's pretty impressive in, you know, in the space that he's in to be able to do that and, and to stay in power as well because other people have not managed to do so. Did yeah. you Did you feel... Involved in the politics of any of it in any way? Nah, you weren't exposed to it. Nah, nothing at all. Um, we we normally because our work kept us so busy. We normally just minded our own business. Just all we knew was home, kitchen, and if we had to travel somewhere, which we did a lot whenever they stayed visits and stuff. Okay, so you you so went families, around with yeah, him. Yeah, if, he, if he's traveling, then I have to travel with him. Go. Thank go you places. so much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. And. Um, 
I heard a little rumour that he decided that there was a dish that he had liked in Europe that you needed to learn. Can you tell us about that? That was in DC, actually. Um, and uh, it's a Jose Andres uh, restaurant called uh, Bar Mini. Mm-hmm. And they used to serve this beautiful olive dish, um, which was just looks exactly like olive. It's soaked in a little bit of olive oil. Yeah. But when you pop into your mouth, it just bursts of olive flavor. Yeah. So it was he, he fell in love with that dish, and then yeah. So one of my um, contract was that I could choose a a place to go and stage in as well. So okay. he, he sent me over there to go and stage to learn this one particular dish and come back. That is incredible. And for me, it was like a kid in a candy store pretty much and because these guys are like I'm, I'm, I was working with the chefs that they are all Michelin star trained chefs and stuff and for someone out of Fiji a small island who's <laughs> yeah. never been to a, a Michelin star restaurant or anything it was just like wow I was Mind blown away mind. the the work ethics that the chefs over there have in that particular industry like working for for Michelin star restaurants completely different even if the service starts at uh, 6 p.m., everyone's at work at 6 a.m. Yeah. They start working at 6 a.m. and they go till like midnight. Even. It's incredible the, the prep that goes into that yeah. sort of thing. That I think is the general diners, um, the thing that we don't really understand as general yeah. diners is like just how much goes into making one sauce yeah, or, exactly. you know, one starter. Like it's not just that started happening 10 minutes ago when you ordered it. it has been maybe even days that yeah. it's been prepped for. So, yeah, the dedication in places like that is... Oh, yeah, and I learned a lot from those uh, those chefs that were there. Like, amazing work ethics and plus the way they follow recipes is to the grams because they use so many uh, different techniques and stuff. Mm. If you mess a certain powder by two grams or one gram, the whole product is, uh, is destroyed pretty much. Yeah. yeah, wow. So you have to make sure that... Yeah, pretty much. And um, yeah, so I went there for one dish, but I came back with the whole entire Yeah, menu. I was going to say, <laughs> how long did it take you to learn the one dish and how much did you use the other time for... That was a hard dish. So I was... Uh, I, I started with them for 10 days. Okay. Uh, so 10 days is a big time over there. Yeah. Uh, because it was like being in the kitchen from 7 in the morning till midnight. Every yeah. day trying to trying to learn, trying to get techniques, but not everyone wants to share their techniques as well, That's, obviously. Yeah, fair enough. That's another how thing. Do you even, how did you even begin to organise staging? Like They do everything for us. Okay. So the work um, workplace did all the organisation, all the flights, all accommodations, everything was all sorted for us. Yeah, um, I, I suppose, just, I mean, it's spreading their notoriety around the world, isn't it? So yeah. I suppose it, there is a benefit to that of them wanting yeah. people around and the world. Yeah, and they welcomed us, actually. Like, they welcomed us with open arms. And because when um, Chef Jose Andres was in Jordan, I think His Majesty looked after him uh, and uh, uh, showed him around and uh, right. he was looked after as well. So he he, he invited us. It was more of an invite. Like, yeah. tell your chefs to come over anytime they want. Perfect. Okay. So, oh, that would have been an incredible experience yeah. then to have that on top of it. You know, there's less... There's less... Uh, this is mine and that's yours. And Especially we- working for Chef Jose Andres. He's... He's built something that's amazing. So he's uh, one of those uh, uh, head of uh, UN as well now. So he does so much. Uh, I've been following him around on Twitter and uh, Instagram now. And um, he's got a massive uh, chain of restaurants that he's got all over uh, America now as well. He's going to Spain. He's uh, popping up on uh, um, Netflix now as well with his own little shows and oh, programs. Oh, fantastic. Well. Oh, I'll have to, so, I'm obsessed with sitting and watching all yeah. of the cooking shows. So on I was Netflix. lucky enough to have like one-on-one training with him as well. Yeah. Sambal, she was a clam, corner cream, lapsed and red thyme, and iced out onion stove. Thank you. Oh my gosh, they look incredible. Can I hide that? So Ben does a mixture of all cuisines pretty much. So he, because he's from Malaysia, and Malaysia is so rich in all these different cuisines. It's such a melting pot yep. of different um, You can get Indian, places. Thai, uh, Laos, Cambodian flavors, everything all in one. And he's uh, worked in a lot of uh, Japanese restaurants. As well, so he's got a lot of flavour for Japanese cuisine as well. I love that about Australia. I mean, we love going to Europe. We spend a lot of time over there. And the one thing that I miss is, like, amazing Asian cuisine. We just have it so much better here. Actually, that's what I miss as well. When I was travelling Italy, Germany um, as well, like, you can... They've got amazing food, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. But four days later, you like, you want some spice, you want some yeah. kick to it. Yeah, uh, something with a, a yeah. little bit of, yeah, 
And also a vegetable. <laughs> I feel yeah, exactly. like you get 10 days into a European trip and you're like, I love meat and cheese, but God, I'd love a vegetable. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and we're so blessed with seafood here as well, South Australia in particular. Oh, amazing. And that's um, why we opened Funky as well, just to kind of show us a bit more. Yeah, okay, so talk to me about Tonki and Tonki's cuisine, because I know that it's quite different to anything that we've experienced in Adelaide before. Yes, uh, um, I, well, I have the only research I've done is on Google pretty much, mm -hmm. but I think we are the only Japanese Peruvian fusion restaurant mm -hmm. in Adelaide. Um, and uh, so I, again, this takes me back to DC. I found out Inca cuisine, uh, which is the Nikai cuisine, mm -hmm. uh, when I was first uh, traveling through DC and when I met uh, Jose Andres. So he's got a couple of restaurants that are similar flavors and similar style as well. Mm -hmm. um, and pretty much, again, it takes me back to Fiji again because growing up in Fiji, Sarana with islands, uh, fresh seafood, and being half Indian, half uh, Fijian, lots of chilies. Yeah. That's what I was drawn to with Inca cuisine. Yeah. Fresh seafood, lots of chilies, lots of lemon, lots of lime. Everything's just a flavor. Fresh, bright flavor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, yeah, I got introduced to a lot of different ingredients that I've never heard of before. Mm -hmm which I fell in love with straight away, different kinds of chili. All I thought was there was only two kinds of chili, red and green, but when we went there, there was like more than 50 different varieties of chili. How do you go getting those to Australia? Like, how do you, you know, um, are they available here? So I work closely with uh, Tony and Marks. Oh yeah, great. So Tony and Marks does all my buying and hunting and everything Fantastic. for me. So it doesn't matter whatever I need, I just go straight to him and then Tony and Marks looks after the rest and they get it for me. Pretty impressive, yeah, really. But no, I mean, no. don't get me wrong, it's an impressive supermarket. And I buy, whenever I go to Tony and Mark's, I always end up spending far more than I should on things <laughs> that I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this, but I really, I need it. <laughs> and that's again, supporting locals, I guess, that's one of the best things uh, that uh, the Faye Group always have because it's a family owned place. Yeah. They always try and go for family owned restaurants, family owned. Uh, sorry, family-owned um, suppliers and stuff as well. Yeah. Keep it within South Australia. South Australia, we have such an abundance of amazing quality produce. Yeah. I mean, I can understand why you would outsource. Yeah. But we, it's all right here. We yeah. have, and and it tastes so much better when it hasn't gone as far. Like, yeah. Exactly. I always think when, particularly with South Australian meat, lamb. You eat lamb from Kangaroo Island, and then you eat lamb from the supermarket. It doesn't taste the same. No. Like we have nieces and nephews that live on Kangaroo Island, and when they come up to the mainland, if you buy them supermarket <laughs> meat, they're like, it tastes wrong. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You've got to buy the local. What you can do? You've got to buy the local stuff. Let's dig into this one now. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna let you go first. I'm gonna see what he put in here. Yeah. That looks really yum. Chili roasted eggplant. Oh, sambal, tarasi, coconut, and cashew. So this must be something close to his heart. Yeah. This, uh, yeah. We'll ask him later. Uh, I think this is what his grandma's recipe or something, probably. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I absolutely adore eggplant. Uh, somebody else in my life can't have eggplant, so uh, I don't get to have it very often, so it's nice when I get to share it with other people. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so this, for those listening, this looks slow baked. I'm guessing there's some sort of fire roasting going on. Yeah. Sambal, so we've got the spice there and then a creamy sauce. Um, it looks absolutely I can divine. see Ben's got a little uh, hibachi grill with the rabada grill in there. Oh, yes. So I'm pretty sure, yeah, he puts it all on a, on a fresh charcoal. And the smoke adds such a difference to eggplant as yeah. well. I feel like it's one of those things I can never nail properly, but I don't play with eggplant that often. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that's fantastic. How's the spice and the sweetness balance? Yeah, yeah, it's really still got a sweetness to it, but I wasn't expecting, that is. And then the cashew miles it down again. Mm, gorgeous. So, Japanese Peruvian cuisine, is that, is there a, a point in history where those two um, cuisines came together? Like, how did that, or so, is that more of an invention? I did some research and um, even with working with uh, Chef Nick Watt as well. Mm -hmm. so, uh, Chef Nick Watt's got uh, two restaurants in Oakland as well um, called uh, Inca. Yeah. Um, which do something similar, Japanese Peruvian dishes. But, mm -hmm. uh, and then, um, so what happened is 19, uh, I think it was in the uh, 1880s, 1880s, 
uh, Japanese uh, settlers went over to Peru to work in the mines. Right, uh, while yeah. during that time, uh, it didn't last too long. I think the mine dried out after 80, 80 years. Yeah. But within that time, there was a lot of going back and forth. And when Japanese were missing their, their ingredients, their miso, their soy, uh, soy sauce, and um, all these different chilies and stuff as well, they started bringing a lot of them in and out as well. And then they started enjoying what was in Peru already as well. Mm -hmm. So kind of mixing and matching and substituting this ingredient for that, yeah. uh, a new, entirely new cuisine was born, which is called the Nikai cuisine. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that's where the Peruvians started eating a lot more of the Japanese flavors as well. And the Japanese started eating a lot more of the Peruvian. Yeah. So it kind of all bounced together. And the best part is it actually works really well together. Yeah. Japanese love their clean flavors, their clean um, seafood flavors, and uh, they don't want too much spice and stuff, whereas the Peruvian, on the other hand, they love their Korean, they love their spice, they love their chili. Yeah. But when you mix them at the right quantity, mm -hmm. um, it's just amazing, it's just different. What's your favorite dish on the menu at the moment? In Tunki? Yeah. Uh, I think I would go with the, the tuna tataki. Okay. If I had to choose one, if yeah. I had to choose one. Yeah, uh, you're going that, to your head, you got to... Yeah. <laughs> it's hard yeah. to choose. The, the tuna tataki that I do at the moment is a beautiful bluefin tuna, we get it. Mm -hmm. um, we just seal it on the robada. Mm -hmm. So the robada burns, the one we got in Chaspar Grill is a massive robada. Uh, it's about 1.2 meter long. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. So when that burns, that burns at around 600 degrees. It's hot. Jesus. So the guy that works there doesn't have any hair on his arms. So does he have any eyebrows? <laughs> uh, and um, so we... Do a quick seal over it, so it takes only about five seconds aside. Yeah. So five, 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 mm -hmm. and then um, chill it down straight away in ice water, and yeah. then we slice it down, and then put it in a sauce that I made myself. Actually, that was a, another creation that um, that me and my head chef uh, actually knowing we were playing around with. Uh, so it's a lot passion fruit, Ooh. Aji Amarillo, which is a uh, Japanese, uh, sorry, it's a Peruvian um, chili paste. So yep. a yellow chili paste. Okay. Um, it's got a little bit of fish sauce in there as well, which is coming from my Asian cooking side. So that, and uh, we finish it off uh, with uh, lime juice and lemon juice mixed together. Mm -hmm. So half and half. Um, and dilute it down with a little bit of water. Yeah. Uh, just to get that balance right. Mm -hmm. um, and then we just, uh, after you slice the tuna, put it on the plate, drizzle a little bit of sauce on top, fresh uh, passion fruit seeds on top as well some jalapeno, mm -hmm. and we finish it off with a little bit of uh, spring onion oil. Yeah, okay. And that, on a little bit of cassava cracker, is just mind-blowing. Yeah. The balance in this dish is just amazing. Yeah. I am falling more and more in love with, like, the snacky, the snacky side of the menu, you know? Yeah. Like, the, the smaller plates. I'm one of those people, I want to taste everything, so I would always rather have small, lots and lots of small things to be able to taste all the flavours as opposed to, or dining in a big group so I get to try heaps of things. I would much prefer to do that than the... That is the, that's it, that is the way to eat out nowadays, to be honest. Yeah, it really and is. And I'm glad that most restaurants are adapting to that way as well now. With yeah. going with sharing menus and family style meals, yeah. which is um, it does make me laugh. Um, I was talking to a friend about this just the other day that so many places that you go to now, you sit down and they say, "Has someone explained the menu to you?" Yeah. And you say, "No." It's back and they in the say, day, "Well, it's, it's sharing style." Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> yes. I understand that it's sharing stuff. Yeah, but That's back in the, the days, you don't expect that, do you? Like, no. You'll be like, oh, I know how to order my steak. Yeah. Oh, I know how to get a burger. But, yeah, exactly. But now, luckily, because of migration and because of people traveling out as well, everyone's starting to adapt to new flavors. Yeah. And There's such, and I, I love, I do love looking at a menu and not knowing what that word is. Yep. Like, okay. Cool. Tell yeah. me about it. And that's that is the key to having really great wait staff as well, yes, who are definitely. just as passionate as you are about the dishes, to be able to share that passion with the person that's ordering it, so that they're not scared off by something that they've never heard of before. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Like some okay. more, is that too yeah. spicy for you? No, it's great. Yeah. Just trying not to be too sweaty on the menu. The, <laughs> <laughs> it's got a bit of a heat to it. Oh my god! And yeah. this um, weather at the moment in Adelaide yeah. is just killing me. I imagine that's quite something in the kitchen. Uh, oh, it being hot yeah. in there, <laughs> but you're used to that. A, a bit hotter, but uh, yeah. So you've got Tonki, you've also got Momoda. Yes. Um, explain the difference between the two of them to me. So I'll start with Momoda first, because mm -hmm. Momoda was one of my first babies. Yeah. Um, Momoda was uh, created, uh, like, I've had the idea for Momoda all the time, but 
because as chefs, when we finish work, we always finish late. And we would love to go out. We like to drink one or two or three. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I might be familiar yeah. with that concept. <laughs> so, and when we finish work around 11 p.m., there's hardly anything open in Adelaide. Mm, and the original concept from the motor was supposed to be, I, I really want to be able to, even that's the plan in summer, we want to be able to open till midnight or till one o'clock, even Perfect. leave the kitchen open as well. Yeah. But at the moment, because of staff shortages, mm. it's very hard to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea was to have a fun menu, a short, simple, small menu, but with full of flavor, and then people can just come in and order a couple of different dishes, just like, just like we said. You don't have to commit to one burger and chips and yeah. just sit there and eat it. You can, you can spend the same amount of money and have seven different items and then like share it with uh, two people or three yeah. people. Yeah. And you still end up paying only 30, 40 bucks a head. Yeah, brilliant. Right? Uh, and at the same time, you can try different cocktails, different soldiers. So I do all my own uh, infused soldiers as well. Um, okay, so soju, Korean spirit. Korean rice wine, yeah. Can absolutely fuck you up if you drink too much of it. Yes. <laughs> Get ready for a bad headache the next yeah, day. Yeah, okay. So yeah. how did you learn soju? There was, distilling. Yeah, that, no, so I don't distill it myself. Oh, yeah. Uh, I need a license for that. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> that would help. But... Um, no, so I learned uh, infusing, fusion, uh, like uh, infusing uh, soldiers uh, when I was working at Masu and uh, working uh, with a lot of Korean chefs. And uh, so that, that's what we used to do. When we finished late night, we used to go to one of the Korean chefs' house and then she's got all these beautiful soju, wow. pomegranate, grapefruit, coffee, lemon, lime, citrus, whatever, all different soldiers marinated. Okay. And because it's such a cheap drink, yeah. Like, you know, you can buy a, um, a litre of soju for like seven, eight bucks. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. But they taste horrible on its own. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to make sure you do a little bit of sugar, you have to put a little bit of spice. You have to kind of make it add to your palate. Yeah, and um, balance that and out. Balance yeah. that up so you can actually sip it on ice and create it like a cocktail pretty much. Yeah, okay. And then you might have to dilute it because sometimes soju go up to like 20, 30 percent as well so that becomes like a pure alcohol yeah so i normally dilute mine down back to around 12 and a half to 13 percent yeah um and then um infuse it with uh, lots of fruit so at the moment i think i've got 10 different uh, flavors and momoda yeah and the whole idea of momoda was just to come in order a a flight of soldiers you can get like three or four soldier flights at once and then maybe play a game with your with your friends, oh, what flavor do you reckon this is? What's this? Yeah, is? okay. Um, while you're having all this different uh, food as well. Mm-hmm. So everything on the menu also is um, um, kind of balanced out that goes really well with the. So let's say if you're having a, a Tasmanian salmon, I would suggest go with the mango soju with it. The sweetness of the yeah. mango would cut off all the fattiness from the salmon mm-hmm. and the chili that's marinated in and the smoky flavor. Yeah. If you're going with the pork ribs, you go with the green apple uh, and plum soju that I infuse myself. Mm-hmm. The green apple, obviously, green apple, pork, they always go together. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. It cuts it down straight away. Again, yeah. that's beautiful flavors mixing it together. Um, if you're at the end of your meal and you're having a, a panna cotta, so I've got a Vietnamese coffee and condensed milk panna cotta. You are saying all well. the right yeah. things. I need to come try that. Oh, you have to, you have to. And then I've got a coffee soju that goes with that as well. If you don't feel like any desserts, you just want to have a, um, um, uh, a frigado, let's say, at the end of the night, most people, they don't want to eat anything. Yeah. I would make the frigado with the coffee soju and a vanilla bean ice cream. Yeah, perfect. And then, so mix and match. And it will be something different. It won't be the same frigado that you have anywhere else because yeah. this soju is made by me. Yeah. It's to my flavors and something that will finish your night after a big meal yeah. in the right way. Yeah, that sounds so exciting. There's, yeah, nothing like that on the Adelaide scene. Well, I might be wrong, but <laughs> I haven't heard of anything like that on the Adelaide scene at the moment. So that's, um, yeah. And is the flight always different? Like, um, do people pick and choose, or do you say to the bartender? We, like, we, we let them choose. Yeah, okay. We, we've got our own flight, so you can say our oh, bartender selection. Yeah. And obviously, the bartender will give you his favorites. Yeah. Uh, so everyone's got their own favorites. Some like it a bit more sweeter, some want it a bit more berry flavors, or someone. So they do that one. Uh, but if you want to pick and choose, you can choose whatever you want as well. Yeah, cool. All and right. it's only, I think, $15 for a flight. So, okay. um, yeah, and it's a 30 mil. Uh, drink so you can mix and match and do whatever play with friends so you get three i get three someone else gets three yeah we can still try still each have other's a little flavors. Sip of each. yeah okay cool yeah and no, i definitely need to come down and uh, i give that one a whirl and the menu is asian flavors but um no particular cuisine no particular cuisine so momoda at first was uh, the menu i designed was 
just throughout my travels. Yeah. So I've, I've been to Thailand, I've been to Korea, I've been to Japan, um, I've traveled through Laos, Cambodia, I've been throughout uh, China. Um, so it's pretty much a little bit of everything that I, I learned over the years through my travels. So yeah. Momoda was just designed, just everything to do with what I cook at home, yeah. like what I normally cook at home, the flavors that I like. Yeah. That's what I wanted to showcase to, to the Adelaide crowd. Yeah. That, hey, this you don't have to commit to, oh, this is a Thai restaurant, this is an Indian restaurant. You can get a little bit of all the flavors different in there. I think that's the way of the cuisine now. Yeah. I mean, it's the way of Australia now. Like, yeah. everything is um, so multicultural that yeah. you want to see that on a menu. You want to see the best of all the worlds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, how did you end up falling in with the Faye group then? Uh, after after COVID, actually, that happened. Yeah. I um, well, they had a job going, and I applied for the job. Okay. And uh, came in, sat down with um, one, um, the one of the directors, mm-hmm. um, Trent Fay, and then um, he interviewed me, asked me what I was after. I explained to him I was just uh, looking for executive job at the moment, and our I think I think during the interview we we hit it off straight away, and we yeah. were, we were talking the same language. He had a vision for for the group. I had the same vision as well. Mm-hmm. What I wanted to do next. Yeah. And it was just. I think the interview lasted like an hour. Yeah. We were just talking about about travels and everything else. And then we knew we had the same likes and the same dislikes and stuff. Yeah. And then yeah, um, he offered me the job and uh, I started the job the next yeah. uh, week. I think. Or next oh two wow. Weeks okay. Time, I think, yeah. Yeah. They. Um. I feel like especially since you've come on board, the group has really taken a turn in direction. You know they. Uh, a pub family. They've always yep. been publicans, um, and it's really nice to see the pubs and hotels taking food to that next level. Like, just because it's a pub doesn't mean that that's not the experience that people want to have. They still want yep. an elevated experience, and I yep. think it seems the menus you're designing and the spaces as well are so elevated for yep. Adelaide. Like, Tonki sitting on the water there is absolutely gorgeous. That must be like the highlight of your day oh, when you get man, to go down there. the best day of my life when the, the face said, oh, okay, let's go ahead and do Tunku. I presented them with a couple of different ideas for the restaurant space. Yeah. And then that was one of the best ones that they, they chose. And I was like, fingers crossed they choose this <laughs> as well because we were, we were either going to go full Japanese or we could have gone full Chinese or we yep. could have gone in between. Yeah. And I was just so happy that they decided to go with that yeah. the theme. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so. uh, it's looking gorgeous. I need to get down there. Oh, I come down tonight. I'm, I'm on the pass today. <laughs> <laughs> we might we might be able to squeeze you in well, into one of the well, booth tables. I yeah. hear that you're damn busy, so you might not be able to squeeze you in. Nah, I'll, I'll create a table in the chef's table. <laughs> oh no, yeah. You're on the pass. Uh, if you don't mind sitting on the stool. I don't mind sitting in the kitchen. <laughs> it might be a little bit hot. The robata yeah, is going to be cranking. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, so Krish, it is time to fire on the Fast Five. Yep. Let's go. One word or one sentence, but I have a, a habit of interrupting, so it might be my fault that if you don't get them out in one word or one sentence. Okay. So what do you cook when no one's watching? I call it one pot. Yep. Everything in one pot because I hate doing dishes. <laughs> and that's it. Does it matter what it is? It's just whatever's in the in the cabinet, I guess. Whatever's in the fridge, whatever's in the freezer. Yeah. One pot. Quick, one pot, dirty. That's it. Do yeah. it. Okay. Uh, what's your go-to cookbook? Go-to cookbook. Uh, I've got just so many. Yeah. So many. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think which one. Uh, I would say. I do love uh, Thai food, so yeah. I think David uh, Thompson's uh, cookbooks are my go-to. There's no one in particular that I like. I like all of them. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. all his Thai cookbooks. Um, what is the most overrated ingredient or dish that you're seeing on menus at the moment? Ooh, overrated. Okay, let's see. Oh. <laughs> oh. I'm trying to think, what am I over, uh, overusing? Yeah. Uh, I'm just drawn towards my own uh, <laughs> menus now. Uh, let me see, overrated. Truffle, I'd say probably. Yeah. Truffle, everyone's trying to use truffle. Even uh, one of my dishes I've got, uh, a kingfish ceviche with black truffle on it, mm-hmm. I go, which is pretty damn good, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, okay. I, I don't, it is everywhere. I, 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 can I get immunity on this one? Pass. <laughs> Pass, Pass, yeah. Um, what was the first dish you learned to cook? Ooh, first dish. The boil. Boil, like I say, boil. Everything boiled. That's what I was doing in Fiji. So our, that's how we like to eat. Everything 
like if you get a whole fish, we'll clean it up. We just put it in water, salt, boil it, and add all the ingredients to it. Raw garlic, raw chili, raw flavors, yeah, okay. lots of lemon juice in there, and have it like a soup. Yeah, like a broth so, situation. Yeah, so that's all we used to do. Okay. But even if you're cooking lamb, same thing again. Just boil it, salt, pepper, uh, lots of garlic, lots of chili, lots of onion, lemon juice, lime juice, lots of coriander. That's it. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, and who has been the most influential chef in your life? I think my main mentor it would be Chef Darren Johnson. So he was uh, my executive chef back in uh, Masu. Yeah. Uh, Masu by Nick Watt. So he was the guy who made me fall in love with uh, Japanese food and infusions and uh, using different ingredients and stuff. So heads up to him. I talk to that guy almost once every two weeks. Yeah. He's one of my good friends now as well. And. We relay ideas to each other as well. If I'm stuck with something, I call him anytime, and he picks up every time. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Do you still? Um, this is that is the fast five. Yeah. But um, do you still speak to King Abdullah? No, not no. personally. No. I feel like he probably. Has we a lot used going to text on. before, but not anymore. Yeah, a lot going on there. At the moment, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, thank you for coming out to eat with me. Thank you for having me here. It's been fun. Beautiful. Thank you very much. Well, what an episode and what a meal. Let me tell you, when those cameras stopped rolling, we dove into the dessert menu. We tried everything and it was honestly exceptional. Uh, really do recommend that you get yourselves down to Paper Tiger on Rundle Street if you haven't already. Chef Ben is outstanding with what he's doing there and uh, the chef's tasting menu was really beautiful food. Um, a really great celebration of Asian cuisine. While you're at it, you really need to book yourself into Tunki or Momoda or both to go visit Krish. Uh, those are stunning venues that he has poured time, effort and energy into and it's really showing the results at the moment for South Australia. Also, if you are listening to this at the time of the release, you still have plenty of time to book in for the two masterclasses that Krish is hosting with Tasting Australia. That's coming up in May in South Australia. One of the events is at Tonki, of course, where you will have a five-course meal, but also get to practice some of the beautiful techniques that he does there and work closely with the chefs. You'll get a tour through the grounds. It will be an incredible experience. There's also an experience at Momoda, of course, where you can do a dumpling making masterclass with his experts there and also be guided through a beautiful several course meal all with matched food and wine. I highly recommend you book your tickets for that. They likely will sell out. As you'll hear me mention repeatedly, please rate, review, subscribe, follow along to this podcast. We are a baby podcast. We are trying to grow and it really helps promote everything that I'm trying to achieve here. For all the recommendations that were mentioned today, that's locations, dishes, cookbooks, please come along to eatwithpod.com or you can follow us on socials at eatwithpod. I have been your host, Hannah Pendlebury. My guest today was Chef Krish Dutt from Tunki and Momoda Restaurants. Our restaurant location was Paper Tiger on Rundle Street. The video recording was by Luke Jamison. The video processing and sound processing was by Matrix Publishing. Our intro and our outro music was by the talented Lobu Music. And that's it. That's all. Go forth. Duffy face.